Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to a playoff DFS edition of the Blitzed Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by Harley Schultz. Harley, are you ready for some overtime Blitzed Podcasting? Well, you know I am. I mean, this is the playoffs. This is when the uh, fields get a little bit smaller in terms of players to select from. So it's much, much easier to put together the best lineup possible. Now, unfortunately, that also means that you're more likely going to split a large pot if you take home a large pot with multiple users. But at the same time, it gives you a, a better feeling, I think, just wait, at the end of the week to wait a minute. have wait a, more points scored. Wait a minute. I have to ask you. So are you saying that people are going to tie? Unfortunately, yes. And that's where it really gets important to differentiate with some of your sleeper picks. But last night, a tie was good. Everybody was rooting for a tie last night, right? Except for Steelers fans. It was one of the most surreal things I've ever seen online. Everyone online was cheering for the tie. A lot of people in the stadium were cheering for the tie. People, uh, the commentators were cheering for the tie. Basically, the only people in the entire country that weren't cheering for the tie were fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we and we had it. I mean, we tr- like the odds of it happening. We're, and we're next to none, pretty much, right? I mean, it was almost an impossible scenario to think that's what would happen. That would play out the way it did, that it could come down to that. And it did. And here's the worst part. I don't want to say I got into it, but I got into it with a couple of Twitter followers where like, well, the Raiders wanted to win because they were a five seed instead of a seven seed, blah, 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 blah. The problem with that thought process is, right, you're going based on a known outcome. If mm-hmm. you kick the field goal, and you make it, you're in the playoffs, and you're a five seed. If you miss it, you're out of the playoffs. Now, a kick has a probability of probably 90-some. Wait, wait, wait. Why would they have been out of the playoffs if they miss it? No, you're right. They'd have been in because it was a tie. My bad. They would have been out of the playoffs. Had they missed it, it got blocked, and it got run back for a touchdown. How's that? Yes, that is is the thin chance, but certainly it's a mathematical possibility. Correct. That that could happen. Whereas if they just kneel down, there is zero mathematical possibility of them not making the playoffs. So yes, the the only way they don't make the playoffs Bad. is by attempting the kick and either having something go wrong on the kick and the other team recovers it and scores, or again, like you said, it's returned. And the percentage is pretty low of that happening, but it has happened, right? Exactly. Yeah. Bad I mean, snaps. you've had bumbled snaps. You've had bad. Uh, and- Bad placements. You've you've had kicks blocked. You've had kicks returned. So again, it, it wasn't likely, but there was still a mathematical possibility. So that means that by kicking the field goal, the Raiders decided to take their playoff hopes to chance, right? Yes. In a game uh, like football, and even in DFS and betting, etc., there are rarely pure one hundred percent absolutes. Yes. Letting, letting the clock run out was an absolute. 
And that's mm-hmm. why I stand by just because the outcome worked in their favor doesn't mean it was the right decision. That's like saying a coach is supposed to go for it on fourth and one from the opponent's 39-yard line, and they punt, and they're down six points, right? But, but, but what if uh, what if an opponent goes for it for fourth and one from their own 18? Well, we're not going to get into that. But I'm saying <laughs> he punts, and it's the wrong call, right? There's a minute 30 left, or not, you can't say that. Well, we'll say you got three timeouts, so you, you could stop them and get the ball back. It's the yes. wrong call, but they punt it, and the other team, for some reason, fields it, returns it, fumbles it, and you recover it at the one-yard line, you punch it in for a game-winning touchdown. Just because the result worked doesn't mean it was the right decision. And that's what my problem was with the Raiders last night. Not that I was rooting for a tie so that Pittsburgh would get ousted. Not that I just wanted a tie for the sake of the tie. Yes, all that's true. But at the end of the day, they had one absolute that they never had all season long probably. And they passed on it. That's a bad decision in my mind. I I 100% agree. Uh, And for me personally... Uh, the only reason I, I felt, and again, we, there was talk about the tie scenario, uh, very early on in the day, because I mean, even in the middle of the week, people were talking about, well, what about, what about, what about it, it could get down to this. Yep. And my first thought is these two teams hate each other. True. These are two of the, the teams with, within a conference where, there is zero love lost between any of the four teams, but particularly the Chargers and the Raiders. Those are but, two teams so, that have hated each other for the last 20-plus years. I mean, I, the, the chance for one of them to screw the other one, it, it, and, it's, it's kind of like that, uh, well, they call it the devil's option type of thing. It's like, do you really want to see your hated rival get into the playoffs, and are you willing to take that risk, however minuscule it is, just to spite them. <laughs> See, that's, that's the thing. They were blinded by their hate, possibly. Yes. I mean, look, that's all we do, right? As analysts and as fans, everybody likes to talk about the decisions that were made. Should have gone to this, gone for this because of the amount of points it moves you to a win percentage and stuff like that, right? Exactly. And, and again, there's analytics people that will uh, break it down every which way it loose. And uh, as you put it, obviously, I mean, it's, it's mathematically best for them to have gone for the tie there. And, and ultimately, it ended up uh, costing them a couple of draft position picks, too, from what I understand. True. True. <laughs> so, anyway, there's, you know, it was a fun, it was a fun Sunday night game, honestly. Um, it, I, I'll tell you what else I said would have been fun. If they just would have kicked off and each kick returner would have run it back the 100-plus yards each time, how high a score could we have gotten and ended it in a tie that way? <laughs> well, like, just to get it to to overtime, the number of fourth down completions oh, by God. Herbert there. Oh my God! Yeah, that was epic. I, at one point, I like said to myself, "Just make it fourth down." Exactly. <laughs> Truly, he could have. Okay, it's fourth down. No, it's first. No, it's fourth down for you because you're not going to do anything <laughs> on first through third. It's fourth down. Um, yeah, it was an amazing game. It really was. I actually think that we deserve to have both those teams tied because they both deserve to make the playoffs based on that game alone. Um, I was expecting though when the Chargers tied it in regulation. I was expecting a missed extra point. <laughs> was it D- Dustin Hopkins, right? The kicker for yes, Chargers right. this year, or, or former the, the most recent kicker for them this year? Yeah, it does, yeah, exactly. You know what? If you sent, <laughs> if you sent, um, oh, 
God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Guy in Baltimore. If he went to the, to the Chargers to kick, he'd probably Justin miss, Tucker. Yeah, Justin Tucker would probably miss a 35-yard field goal. And a couple extra Well, I mean, points. again, I think that the Chargers, like I said, this has got to be, what, their fourth or fifth kicker of the season, too? It's a lot. That's all I know. So, anyway, um, before we get into our DFS segment, that's all we're going to do um, for the next few weeks during the playoffs, our DFS for people. I can't help but throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Black Monday saw the release of four coaches and two general managers. But the only real surprise was the Miami Dolphins releasing Brian Flores. Well, I guess there were actually two surprises, because somehow Joe Judge still has a job. (laughs) The Titans and Packers each earned the top seed and a wildcard week bye based on their regular season performances. Both teams are fortunate that they earned buys for Week 19 because they both looked like they were already on buy in Week 18, too. (laughs) The Colts managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory by losing to Jacksonville in a win-and-in game. Plus, their loss started a domino drop that almost led to two teams voluntarily tying in the final game of the season. Now, I feel bad for the rest of the NFL, including my Chiefs, Because we know that this crazy finish to the season means that Pittsburgh, who snuck in because of all these machinations, will be winning the Super Bowl. (laughs) Antonio Brown was officially released by the Buccaneers. Strangely enough, all four teams that Brown previously played for made the playoffs this season. Hearing this news, each of the 18 teams that failed to make the playoffs put in a waiver claim for Brown. And finally, David Gettleman retired as GM of the New York Giants. Well, at least that is what the Giants organization is allowing him to say publicly. (laughs) This has been your BPN News Update. So we have to go back to your news bits here for a minute. First of all, let me say this too, because people probably think we set that up with the whole overtime talk and what we did. We don't discuss anything before we start the show other than we're doing DFS only, right? So yes. all that just happened. It just materialized <laughs> like that. It keeps it more natural. It's fun. Um, but Brian Flores, I was shocked when I saw that he got fired. Because, quite honestly, I mean, he started the season one and seven. If you were and, going to fire yeah. him, if you were going to fire him, why not fire him week eight, between week eight and week, week nine? He went eight and one to close the season. His only loss was against a team that secured the number one overall pick in the playoffs, and that was at their stadium, not at home. Yeah, I, I really second-guessed that one myself, too, when I saw that come across the waiver wire this morning. It's a lot of people online talking that it's like, well, they've got machinations on signing uh, Harbaugh from Michigan, and of course, no, that's already being debunked because Harbaugh's in negotiations on a brand-new contract. So, um, again, th- this one really makes very little sense. Uh, Flores, again, a couple solid seasons there in Miami. And I, I like to think that the team developed a lot better as the season progressed. Yeah. Despite the fact that, I mean, Tua still maybe isn't progressing at the level that people would like to see him progress at. Well, and here's the other thing. They closed the season with a statement win against a division rival that has treated them like doormats for how long? Decades, two decades probably, right? 
Yeah, for whatever reason, though, Miami has always had Bill Belichick's number in Miami. That is true. That is true. But still, you know what I mean? It's, I mean, it's just I didn't get it. So I'm going to make an assumption, and it's complete 100% just guess, assumption. There's no, no, no substance to this other than my head coming up with this. I can't help but wonder, did ownership make it known to Flores they want to pursue Deshaun Watson? And Flores says, I'm not on board with that. And this is a public separation, and that's how they did it. Well, that's kind of interesting because Deshaun Watson made it clear that Brian Flores was one of the reasons why he wanted to go to the Dolphins and one of the reason, main reasons why he offered to waive his no-trade clause to go play for them. Yeah, but you know ownership. They think that it doesn't matter. They think that the name is what people want. But I don't know. It's the only thing I come up with that, that makes any sense to me. And it's just one of those well, I 100%, I 100% believe somehow or another this does relate to Deshaun Watson, but... I actually think it might be the other way around. I think Brian Flores may have been pushing ownership and they said no. to go forward. And they said no. It's that's like, possible. we invested in Tua. You're going to work with Tua and develop him. Uh, that's possible. I didn't think of it in those terms because I thought of Tua as his guy. But, yeah, you're right. All right. So um, that's really all I had about the news. Good good job. Good bits. Um, Brett, what can Brown do for you, kind of? I guess get you to the playoffs <laughs> if he's not playing for you anymore. Um, exactly. You, you sign them in the cut them. You're guaranteed to make the playoffs. All right. So <laughs> for if anybody's tuning in now and they don't know what we do during this next segment, then that's on them. They'll figure it out as we go. Um, go ahead and set the over-under for us. Well, so I'm going to preface this by, do you want to include defenses this week or not, since it's such a small slate? I did not look at defenses at all, so I would say... Okay, in that case, the, uh, the line is going to be six. Six. We're going to push. We're going to push. I'll take the over, but I think we're going to push. Yep. Again, it's a small slate, so the likelihood of us matching is going to be much, much higher. Uh, fewer players to choose from. Now, here's an interesting thing for our listeners. We record this on Monday nights, typically during Monday night football during the regular season. Obviously, no Monday night football today other than the Alabama-Georgia game. But uh, oh yeah, we're, we're looking at a situation where it's Monday night at 7.15 Central, 8.15 Eastern time. And, and DraftKings didn't publish their full slate prices until about 3 o'clock this afternoon Central time. And as of now, they still have not posted their Sunday-only slate prices, whereas FanDuel had both of those up at, at midnight last night. It's, it, it's kind of crazy. I, I'm shocked. DraftKings released their Saturday-only prices, and they released their full slate prices again like three o'clock today but the fact that they haven't published their sunday only place prices yet is really shocking they're still working out the kinks you know the season's young still yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right let's go ahead and get started jump right in at quarterback tell me who are you going to pay up for at the quarterback spot uh quarterback actually liked quite a few of the picks uh, to choose from this week i'm gonna pay up for tom brady versus philadelphia now, Philly is decent against the pass. Uh, this is Brady. He looked unstoppable last week in a, in a game that he shouldn't even have been playing half the game with a shorthanded receiving core. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, for their defense, has been very good against wide receivers. But as we've talked about all season, they're rotten against tight ends. So you know that Tom Brady's going to hit Gronk and Braid for a whole bunch of yards here. So we're probably going to hit the under at this point now. Um 
I looked at Josh Allen. I love Josh Allen. He's a risk to play, <coughs> right? He's the highest guy on the board. He's at home. His legs helped offset any issues he's going to have with New England. But I, I just couldn't come down to paying up for him. Um, so I looked at Pat Mahomes, who's at home. Not sure what you're going to get from Tyreek Hill, but Travis Kelsey can definitely make that Pittsburgh Steeler defense pay. I think we see um, Tyreek play. I like Pat Mahomes this week when I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. They think that Pittsburgh's defense is the Pittsburgh defense of old, and they're not quite that anymore. Yeah, my only concern with Mahomes was, like you said, the, the Tyreek Hill, how limited is he going to be? If he is limited, will Pittsburgh be able to double-team Kelsey and take him out of the game? I still think Mahomes throws for two or three touchdowns, probably 325 yards, which is, again, the prices are a little bit down at some of the positions yeah. this week, but quarterback is not one of those positions. So, again, you're, you're paying up one way or the other. I mean, I also like guys like Kyler Murray. I, I love Joe Burrow. If we knew for certain that his knee was not going to be a factor, I mean, his price is gorgeous. <clears throat> but uh, you mentioned the guy that I'm staying away from, and that's Josh Allen. Uh, Allen does get the home game, but it's against the Patriots. And he has actually faced the Patriots seven times in his career. Three of those games were home games. In those three home games, he's thrown for an average of 152 passing yards per game, less than 30 rushing yards per game in those. Oh, and over those three games... He has exactly one total passing touchdown versus four INTs. Now, you know what? He's actually a great success playing in New England. If I'm Buffalo, maybe I'd suggest a change of venue. Or at least hypnotize him. Right? <coughs> so I, I can't get on board with playing him. I just, it's not a good play, right? Yeah. And again, I, he's the highest priced guy on the board. So I mean, you're paying more than you'd pay for Mahomes or Brady or Murray or Burrow. So, right. so when I said I was paying up for Pat, it was also kind of because of the things that you said <coughs> that could limit him. And I think that's going to make less people on him. So I think he gives you a little better chance of not having that tie um, with others. So the guy I'm staying away from does have a limited wide receiver group to throw to. Um, one healthy wide receiver that would be a difference maker that I expect to be taken out of the game. So he is going to have to rely on Gronk, Gronk and great um, Gronk and great Gronk and Brait. Um, while I don't think Brady has a horrible game, I'm staying away from him. I think of all those guys in the top five or six, to me, he's the one that could have the biggest clunker. <clears throat> I thought he was going to have the biggest clunker last week, and he didn't. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it happens. It's understandable. Um, but anyway, that's I'm staying away from him. So we're zero for two so far. Um, at the value spot, I almost, almost wanted to say Joe Burrow, right? Um, cause that's a great price for Joe. It really is a great price for Burrow. And again, it, it ultimately, his price is slightly lowered on DraftKings because of the knee issue. Yep. And, uh, the more I thought about it, though, it's like, you know what? That's not the greatest game though. I mean, yes, I expect Burrow to throw for a couple touchdowns and yes, he's been absolutely white hot of late, but Vegas is actually pretty darn good against the pass. Right. Yes. It, was, it was a tough call to, to consider him there. I thought about him at value play, and then I thought to myself, it's like, I mean, I think a lot of points are going to be scored in the game. I think Burrow's still going to throw for three touchdowns. But along the same lines, Cincinnati's pass defense, they're absolutely rotten. They're a laughing stock. Yep. Their defense has no business being in the playoffs. Their offense has been very good, but the defense does not deserve to be there. Derek Carr... At 5,500 on DraftKings and 6,800 on FanDuel is my value play. Again, 
I think both teams are going to move the ball at will against each other. I think that Cincinnati is going to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, they did in their earlier game, week 11. Uh, it was uh, uh, the Joe Mixon show. He had 30 carries for 120 yards and two touchdowns. I think we're going to see a repeat of that. Uh, Cincy has given up the most passing yards of any playoff team. And Carr, for all of his like, lacks and what, what he lacks in terms of his skill set, he's got deep ball weapons to throw to. He's got Zay Jones. He's got Brian Edwards. He's got Hunter Renfro. These guys can get deep. He's got Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So we're 0 for 2.5. Um, I did write Carr down, but I had to cross him off. Um, and I love them for all the reasons that you just said, on top of the fact that I do think that it's a high-scoring game, at least on Cincinnati's side. So I think there's going to be a fair amount of garbage time for Carr, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guy I'm paying up for as a value play is only $600 more, at least on DraftKings. That means that at three times value, he has to return less than two points more, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is a cheat code at times even when he doesn't throw, but for 125 yards. Yep. So I just, I thought Jalen was way priced wrong. If he was in that 68 to 7,000 range, I probably would have went with car, no doubt. But at $6,100, I couldn't pass that up. Well, here's something people, our listeners might not realize is that as elite as Tampa Bay is against running backs running the ball, they've actually struggled some with quarterbacks running the ball this year. I think they're like third or fourth in yardage allowed on the ground to running to running quarterbacks. So I think Hertz can get done that that way this week. But again, yeah, Tampa's secondary has been question marks all season. They're starting to get a little healthier again. I don't love the $7,700 fan duel price, but yes, at 6100 on DraftKings, he definitely makes a solid play. Well, and the other thing is you don't want to run up the middle at Vita Vea, all right? So, and and no. that's Hertz isn't going to be running up the middle at Vita Vea unless the pockets collapse and he's broke through, and that's a different story. So I just, yeah, I just, I look at that and I just, I see a, if there's anybody on this list that could have a 30 plus point game in the blink of an eye, it'd be Hertz. So could wind up with 18 and I think 18 is his floor. So you're still going to get three times value. Yes. We're over three. We're definitely not hitting the over. We'd have to go on a major run here. Well, let's do it. On speaking of run. I already mentioned the guy that I'm going to pay up for at running back, and that's Joe Mixon. Hey, Only gonna... two teams allowed more total running back touchdowns this season than Vegas. They've both been burned on the ground. Uh, I should say Vegas has been burned both on the ground and through the air by opposing running backs. Uh, two of the scores that Vegas gave up went to Mixon back in Week 11, as I mentioned. And, and Mixon is really capable of taking advantage of this both on the ground and through the air. Plus, again, we talked about Burrow and his knee possibly being limited. If his knee is limited, you have to assume Cincinnati is going to lean even more on Mixon. And that garbage time I talked about could be some late, late um, game carries for Mixon also. Um, yeah, we agree. I, I, we match on that. I, I don't love many of the other top 10 running backs, honestly. I thought Mixon was an easy payout. Yes. Who are you staying away from? Um. Uh, you don't have to go very far down the list to choose the guy I'm staying away from. That's the second highest priced player on DraftKings. That's Najee Harris. Um, when you look at Najee Harris, Najee wasn't 100% last week. You could tell that when he left the game for a while and came back in. He's facing a Kansas State team that's allowed a league's second fewest nine total running back scores all season. Now, I, I will preface this by saying the Chiefs are susceptible to pass catching running backs. 
They've given up quite a few yards to pass catching running backs and quite a few receptions. They've only given up two touchdowns to pass catching running backs. So, again, Harris is going to probably catch five or six passes, and and he might still come close to three times value on DraftKings, but he's definitely not reaching three times value on FanDuel. And the odds of him scoring this week are much, much slimmer. I think to hit three times value, he has to score, period. And I don't see that happening. Um, game script is not going to be in his favor, <coughs> not from a rushing standpoint. Um, nope. So he may actually do better in the passing game than the rushing game. But he doesn't get in the end zone. He doesn't return value. He's a stay away. So we got two, we're two for two now at running back. Okay, now I'm going to give you a two a two for at value play here. So you have two chances to. Okay. In fact, you know what? Let's make it a three for. I'll give you like, one of these three players is going to match with one of your players. Okay. The two players uh, to start with are on the same team, and that's Jarek McKinnon and Derek Gore, both of roughly the exact same price. Uh, 4,100 on DraftKings for McKinnon, 4,000 on DraftKings for Gore, 5,200 on FanDuel for McKinnon, 5,400 for FanDuel for Gore. Uh, with both Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Williams questionable for KC, one of these two may get the chance to ball out this week. Now, since I wrote this article up, uh, it's sounding more and more like Daryl Williams will play. So if one and or both Edwards Delaire or Williams play, then obviously you're not going to want to go with these two guys. But if they both miss the game, they both make great options because Pittsburgh has allowed the second most running back rushing yards this season. Now, as I said, if they if they don't, if one of those two plays, then consider pivoting to Eno Benjamin if James Conner and Chase Edmonds are both out for Arizona. So this is an injury replacement value play this week. One of those three guys may get a chance to provide value for you. Damn, I had three shots, and we're over three. Ah. So we talked about my play earlier without me talking about my play. It's a team that you can run on as long as you're not trying to run up the middle on them. And there are two players I could have named, and that's why when you said they are on the same team, I actually thought you were going to name the team I was targeting. And I thought that you were going to say um, Boston Scott and... Look at that. I just forgot his name that fast. Jordan Howard. Um, Howard's 43-52, and Scott's 45-59. I think Bart Boston Scott's the safer play because he isn't going to run the ball up the middle as much. And I do think that the Eagles run the ball a healthy amount between the three of them, Hurts, Scott, and Howard. But I think that Scott has one of those New York Giants-type matchups this week when, when we look at the scoreboard at the end of the day. Certainly a possibility. And another name we didn't mention at all because his FanDuel price is really, really high. But his DraftKings price is not is not too high right now. And that's uh, that's Lenny. Lenny's going to be back for this game, it sounds like. And we all know what Lenny does in the playoffs. Very true. Very true. Well, the other thing is with the, <clears throat> the KC contingent, I'll call them, you got four guys, a four-headed monster that because of the injury designation, you just don't know. I get it. I do think somebody there will blow up. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. All right, let's go on. Let's let's take it on over to the wide receiver spot. I think we're going to match right off the bat here too. Uh, I don't see any reason to not pay up for the highest price guy on the board, and that being Cooper Cup. Uh, the Rams versus Arizona. No team has allowed more wide receiver scores this season than Arizona, including ten wide receiver touchdowns over the last four games of the year. Uh, Cup blew up against them in Week Twelve after a subpar Week Four, and uh, again. The whole offense for the Los Angeles Rams goes through Cooper Cup at this point. He's going to have another huge game. 
Ding, ding. Match, match. Can't disagree with you. Don't care that he's $10,000. $10, he's at home. He's been phenomenal. You got to spend the money somewhere. Again, the running back position's yes. very cheap this week. Yep, and I, and I like some of the cheaper quarterbacks, too, so that's exactly why I have no problem spending up for him. Um, who are you going to stay away from? I think we're going to have a match here, too. Uh, I had a harder time with this one here, uh, uh, particularly since we talked a little bit about us both kind of liking the quarterback here, despite some questionable possibilities uh, in terms of the matchup. Let's stay away from Jamar Chase. Uh, Vegas has been quietly elite against the pass this year. They're allowing a league fourth lowest 12 wide receiver touchdowns on the year and the fifth fewest wide receiver receiving yards. Plus, in their earlier meeting, Chase was held to a, a limited three catches, 32 yards, and a single touchdown, which, again, he scored a touchdown, so that's nice. But, again, you, are you going to pay 7400 for three catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown? I mean, even, even if he doubles that, yep. he's just barely hitting three times value. We, we have a match. Um, it comes down to a couple of those things, right? It's... It's not the best matchup in the world. You're not 100% sure about Burrow. He's coming off a 260-yard performance where I say coming off, of course, he only played for a very little bit in Week 18. But you know what I mean. I think he's going to be highly owned even because it's a tough matchup. Um, I want no parts of it, quite honestly. Um, If you want want to get some exposure to the Cincinnati passing offense there, consider uh, Tyler Boyd instead. His price is a lot cheaper. Yep. And he's not going to have the ownership rates that Chase and T. Higgins are both going to have. Exactly. So I did write down one other guy. I did not settle on this person. Um, but since Chase is 7,400, okay, but he's 8,200 on FanDuel, and the other guy I considered is much cheaper, $500 cheaper on DraftKings, but he's the same price on FanDuel. I'll throw him out there. Um, Mike Evans is really Brady's only weapon outside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Darius Slay is elite. Yes, he is. He missed last game, but uh, that was because of COVID, right? Yeah, that may have. That, yes, he'll be back. He's playing. Yeah, and, and Evans is coming off a game where, again, we both kind of thought he would struggle last week. And I think he ended up actually getting more targets than even Tampa wanted to send him because they lost uh, Cyril Grayson uh, very early on in the game to an injury. Yep. But again, if, if Grayson returns, I think that's going to take away some of those targets from Evans this week. And uh, again, I, it's Philadelphia. You can beat them with tight ends. You don't have to throw it to the outside against them. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't like Stefan Diggs this week. Um, Tyreek Hill's a risk. You, you just, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, there's no way we're going to match at value play. It's just not going to happen. We've surprised each other before, though, on that uh, well, uh, so I, I'm, I'm actually, we're both in agreement that the Cincinnati Las Vegas is going to be a high scoring game, right? Yes. So I chose my value play from that game. Okay. And my value play is Zay Jones. Jones was actually an afterthought in the earlier meeting. I think he had two catches in that game, but since that game against Cincinnati, he's been averaging 7.7 targets per game for Las Vegas. That is the type of target rate that you want to see from a guy. Now, obviously, Cincinnati is going to spend as much of their effort as they can to cover Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. That should lead the deep ball open for Zay Jones. So we don't match. I, I, don't, I don't dislike that play at all. I think it's great logic. The pricing is great. 
the guy that I was going to put down as my value play is a guy that I think could have a playoff coming out party in his first playoff game. I don't know why I think this. It doesn't really get supported by much. It's just a feeling. That's why I didn't stay with him. But I wrote him down first, and that's Devontae Smith. Right? So I cross mm-hmm. him out, and I'm looking down, I'm looking down, I'm looking down. I'm like, man, you know who looked really good this past weekend? But it always, you always look good when you don't get covered. Juwan Jennings. Yeah. <laughs> and, How could you be that wide open on so many plays? And he's only 3800 bucks, right? Yep. But what did we talk about that's going to happen a lot this week? You're going to have a lot of ties, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you a, a value play that you're going to put in your lineup. And if you win, no one else is going to have this guy in their lineup. No one. Okay? No, it's not, Bet, it's not Ben Skoranek. No, it's, I, I did think about Ben Skoranek, actually. <laughs> it's not Christian Wilkerson. It's not Malik Turner. Okay? You ready? Yes. It is Jalen. I'm going to score two touchdown Rieger this week. <laughs> you know, uh, being the Philadelphia fan that uh, I know you are, I, I thought you might go the Jalen Rieger fan way, but I also thought maybe you might choose Quez. I, wa- I was thinking about Quez. I'm not going to lie. Um, he looked pretty good last week, too. He did, and I, 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 like, I want to like a receiver in this game. And Devontae's probably the one that you default should like, right? But here's the thing. Rieger was playing in the fourth quarter of a 50-burger game that meant nothing, right? <laughs> I think that that's called your public humiliation and shaming. And I think that this is a game where he's embraced the Philly fans. He said that they have every right. It's funny that they're booing. It means they care, all that stuff. He can go from goat to hero. And I think that we see this happen because there's zero expectation. I think he goes into this game. He winds up getting, I don't know if it's going to be a long touchdown or a short touchdown or two short touchdowns. And I know that the odds of it happening are very, very small. But at $3,100, I'll buy. Tell you what. You know that I love double tight end, right? Yes. Well, for our showdown players out there, how about this strategy? We're going to showdown in that game. We're going to do the double Jalen. We're going to do Jalen Darden getting a chance to play more snaps with the potential that Cyril Grayson is going to be out this game. Again, assuming Grayson is out, we'll put Jalen Darden, we'll put Jalen Rieger, and he should have enough money left over to play Jalen Hurts. Hurts. You got three Jalens. That's the triple Jalen. And then you get to put Tom Brady in there. You get to put Rob Gronkowski in there. And just to be safe, you put Mike Evans in there because he's always a threat to score. You should be able to fit all six of those guys in there. You Triple might... Jalen, baby. Yeah. Showdown slate. There you go. The Voltron. The Voltron Jalen, right? <laughs> okay. Um, so we've got four. That means we've got to run the table at tight end. That's not impossible. Um, not impossible at all. Well, let's go ahead and match the first one right now. Our payup is going to be Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he could easily have 15 catches, 150 yards, and four touchdowns this week. Yeah, we've got to take advantage of the <laughs> Eagles at least being in the playoffs for one week, right? Yeah, there's no way that Gronk doesn't score this week. The question mark is how many touchdowns is he going to score this week? Yep. So on the stay away, you know when I pay up for a guy that's high, I usually wind up saying I'm staying away from the most expensive guy if I didn't pay up for him. I don't. <laughs> Dislike Kelsey, I don't love Kelsey, right? Yep. I can't fault anybody if they want to pay him because you probably can fit him in 
based on the prices that are suppressed in other places. Mm-hmm. So he might even be able to play him and Gronk if you wanted to, honestly. Um, I'm not in love with Kittle. I don't hate Kittle. I really do like Waller, right? If I wasn't paying up for Gronk, yep. Waller might have been mm-hmm. my payup. I don't love Schultz, honestly, especially with Blake Jarwin back. But I'm going to go down $200 more. It's it's going to sound like it's a cheat by saying I'm staying away from a guy that's sub 5000 but I don't like Dawson Knox at all this week. It's not cheap because, again, when you look at his FanDuel price, he's over 6000 there. So True. And I 100% agree. I don't like Dawson Knox this week. I don't mind Schultz. I don't I don't mind Kittle. I love Waller much like you do. But I, I ultimately settled on the fact that I'm not going to pay up for Travis Kelsey. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier when we were discussing Tyree Kill. I'm a little concerned Kelsey's going to get double teamed this week because they feel they can put a single coverage player on Hill, either be it Hayden or Fitzpatrick. Uh as long as Hill shows that he's actually injured. If Hill shows that he's back up to full speed, then they'll have the, the question mark about who to double down with then. But Kelsey's price is higher than Gronkowski's, and there's no reason to play Kelsey at a higher price than Gronkowski this week because there's no way Kelsey is going to outproduce Gronkowski this week. <laughs> I don't disagree with that, but I also would not be shocked to see a four for 60 with two line even. Yeah, that would. I mean, again, that's that's certainly possible with Kelsey. He's got the the body and the skill set to do that. But yeah, Dawson Knox is definitely someone I'm not playing this week. New England uh, historically has been one of the greatest defenses against the opposing tight end position. Uh, it's nothing new. People should know this from history that they always shut down opposing defenses. Uh, opposing defense. They always shut down opposing tight ends. So yes, leave Knox on your bench this week. Okay. Now we need this for the push. And I know we're not going to get it. It's just not going to happen. But I'm going to tell you who you're probably going to, going to go with. You ready? Yes. So you probably looked straight down at Mr. Foster Island of Moreau or whatever the hell, Dr. Moreau, right? $2,500. <laughs> and then you said, oh, CJ Uzama's got a great matchup, and he's only 3200 bucks. But Cameron Bray faces the Eagles. Gronk's going to eat. He still get enough to, to be three times value, four times value. You're going to play Bright. Uh, I thought about it, and I didn't do it. Okay. Well, neither did I. Um, I went much higher because I went to 2800 and I went, but you know what? It's not a given. It could be all Gronk, right? So that means there's risk. Same with Foster. It's like Waller's going to eat. I don't think he wants to leave anything on the table for anybody else, quite honestly. So if you want to play him at 2900 bucks, it's a lot of risk. C.J. Uzoma is much less risky, okay? He's 3200 bucks. So you're like, okay, there's three times value. There's nine, nine points. That's not bad. Well, the guy I'm going with is only $1,300 more. That means you need another 3.9 points to hit three times value above that to match. So you're talking 39 yards. I'm actually paying up for a guy that's in the mid-4,000s. I'm going to pay up for a value play of Dallas Goddard. You know, if we knew for 100% certain that Goddard was going to play and be 100%, I would totally agree, and I think he probably will because, again, he was just out for COVID reasons. And, again, as we've all seen over the last uh, couple, three weeks here, is that assuming he has the Omicron variant of COVID, uh, it's basically turning out to be not much more painful to – people who are otherwise healthy than a common cold. So again, odds are pretty good that Goddard plays this week. Um, 
my final decision, though, was to not take that risk. And I did settle on one of the guys you mentioned, and that's C.J. Uzoma, 3,200 on DraftKings, 5,200 on FanDuel. Uh, Vegas actually ranks just a little bit below Philly in terms of ineptitude versus the tight end position. Uh, Uzoma has seen six or more targets in four of his last five games. That's, that's the type of numbers I like to see. And again, like we said, when you're looking at Philly, I'm sorry, when you're looking at Vegas, Vegas is very good at shutting down those outside guys. I think they're going to struggle to get the ball to Chase. They're going to struggle to get the ball to Higgins. That's going to mean inside targets to Tyler Boyd and C.J. Uzoma. Yeah, I don't know if you can see that. You see where I had Uzoma wrote that, written down first and then scratched yep, him out. Yep, scratched him out and you went to <laughs> So we would have. I, 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 I agree with Goddard, too, again. If he's, if he's 100% and he's definitely playing, he is definitely a value at 4,500. The 5,900 is a little high on FanDuel, but, uh, again, FanDuel's tight end prices are always too high. So, so here's the thing. <coughs> I, I, can't, I don't have anything to support this, but I did read that there's some thought that the Eagles had a crap ton of people on the COVID list for the fact that once they are able to come back, they can't get tested for 60 days. Oh, I never knew that. Interesting. That's, that's what the new, evidently the new rules now. So basically all those starters that they had out on the COVID list will not, will not be able to, unless they come down with symptoms, they won't, they won't miss a playoff game if they can continue on in the playoffs. Well, seeing as how they didn't plan on playing uh, Hurts, why didn't they put him on there then, too? You know, I don't know. I thought that was a good question. That's one of those things where I said, it's all speculation. That made me go, I wonder if that's the case or not. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But don't know. Well, we obviously we saw uh, the opposition take advantage of the absence of uh, Slay and, and whatnot last week. But <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean that was a preseason game of a preseason game to be on, game to be honest with you, right? Lots on, of touchdowns there on, on both sides of the ball, quite honestly. So yep, yep. Um, I'd like to see a match. I'd like to see a rematch between Dallas and the Eagles in the playoffs. I don't know that we will get that. Eagles are probably going to be one and done. But hey, you know what's not one and done? We're not one and done. We're going to be back for the other three rounds of the playoffs as we go on. Playing DFS with you. The only week that we will not be on air will be for the. Pro Bowl. But uh, let's put it this way. Pro Bowl DFS is almost as much fun as preseason DFS. It's it's totally a crapshoot. So I, I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter, uh, I will give some updates as to who I'm playing in that game. But, uh, yeah, don't get too excited for that week. Yeah. but And to do that, you can follow Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. You can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. And, of course, as we've said before, if you're not a member of the huddle, go join. It's not something that runs out this year. It goes for a full calendar year, and then you can re-up again next year for the playoffs if you need to and want to, like you should. Um, and I'll say that, you know what? It is stout drinking time now, my man. So get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. <laughs>